Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Eligible Podcast. I'm Will Stone down here in Hutto. He is Chase Caldwell up in Waxahachie. He's Will Stone. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you joining us today as we move along our positional preview series. Uh, we're going to talk receivers and tight ends today. We have a lot to talk about, but first, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Uh, five stars, please, if you if you could be so kind. Um, send us some questions if uh, if you are want to do. Uh, you can uh, email us at ineligiblepod or comment on our Facebook page uh, or text us. Whatever floats your boat. Uh, we're we're down with whatever. But um, send us recommendations on on um, what you want us to talk about too. I've had several people do that here lately, and um, it's kind of made us say, "Oh, that would be a great topic for an episode." Thank you. you yeah. Know? Um, so yeah. We're we're open to all kinds of um, criticisms, all kinds of um, you know ideas. We we just want this to be a good listening experience for all of y'all. Yeah, and as much stuff as we do have planned for the summer that we're excited about, we're always open to suggestions and uh, like, and we want to talk about what you want to hear about. So um, please, you know, shoot us an email, uh, comment on our our posts. Yeah, so getting right into it. Um, Let's start with receivers, and we'll do tight ends after that. But uh, I think my first thought on receivers is that it's it's kind of been a contentious topic uh, around Jimbo and, and Jimbo's offense. Um, he had some really good receiver play in 2013 uh, when they when they won the championship, but um, it kind of fell off after that at Florida State and hasn't been the best here at A&M. And he's, he's, he's recruited exceptionally well at – dang near every position, but um, hasn't quite reached that elite level at receiver. He's brought in some elite level players, but maybe not the the number that is required to really compete at the at the highest level. Yeah, I, I, w- I would say um, some part of that has to do with the style of play. Um, you know, we're, we 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 really had a big stylistic change whenever we went from Sumlin to Jimbo. Um, I look back, uh, my buddy Mac, when we would play um, NCAA football, there was there was sometimes where he would run um, Notre Dame. He would play as Notre Dame, and he would run the clock out, and it would just wear you out because you could not beat him. <laughs> Um, but he would just run it down your throat, you know, a little chunk, three, four, five-yard plays, and and you couldn't stop him, and you couldn't stop that clock, and it was very frustrating. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, Jimbo 
um, his offense seem, seems to be that style. Uh, but I know, uh, I, I know that there's, there's at least a desire and really a need for us to have really good receiver play um, that would really, really benefit our team. And, and I think some of that – so, again, I think part of it has to do with stylistic play. You know, when the Aggies are looking at it, it's like, oh, it's a little bit more boring to watch these teams play um, because it's not, you know, throwing the ball way down the field every play. Uh, but at the same time, some of it has to do with we just haven't really seemed to – put it all together at that position either. Um, yeah. So there's a little bit of both there. Uh, but I would I would probably attribute more of it to that we haven't had just really good players um, or really good performers because we do have really good talent at that position. But right. And it, maybe it's not as talented as maybe, say, um, running backs are. Um, so it's a position that is a contentious point. It's a contentious point because when we do bring in really good players, you might not see them on the field very often. Um, Demon Demas is a great example of that. I think every Aggie, myself included, you know, when you would get frustrated at a game, it'd be like, "Put Demas in." Well, <laughs> there's probably a reason why he's not on the field that, that yeah. the average fan just doesn't know about. Um, but you know, you would like to see us have some better receiver play, and I think we will have a little bit of that this year. Um, so let's start. Let's start with Anaya Smith. You know, on on um, kind of how we can utilize him. Um, tell us what, what what you foresee us us changing at the receiver position. You know, in terms of utilization, and and maybe start with Anaya Smith on how we're going to use him in in our offense. Well, yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess like my initial thought is that I'm actually pretty excited about this about this group of receivers. I think it, it has the potential to be a big a big change from what we've seen so far. Um, I think this group is finally healthy. I think there are some uh, exciting young players. You mentioned Demas. We'll definitely get to him in this episode. But man, Anaya Smith, <clears throat> I I can't say enough about the guy. I I honestly think he. Maybe my he may be my favorite player at A and M like of all time, and it's just like wow. his 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 attitude. Like you hear him talking in an interview, and you see the way he plays. Like the he he genuinely loves football, and you, you don't see that with all these with with like with every college player, which is is crazy because you know I feel like you know if you played high school ball, like you 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 probably killed to go uh, you know and play college somewhere and things like that, but. But not every talented player is uh, in love with the game. But Anais mm-hmm. absolutely is. He he loves it. You can tell. He plays with a lot of passion, uh, a lot of energy, and he's an outstanding, uh, an outstanding offensive player. Um, exceptionally quick. Um, I feel like the guy is just he's always open. <laughs> like he's yeah. he's so difficult to cover because of that quickness. You know, he played uh, and he's smart. Like he played running back last year. And made a seamless transition over to receiver for, for the rest of the year, basically. And yeah. um, I think he's going to be a big, big part of this offense. Um, I, I definitely see him as being a, a go-to guy early on for, for whoever, which, whichever young quarterback wins this battle. But um, there's, he's, he's an exciting player. I think this is probably his, his last year. 
um, in an AM uniform, which is sad to say, but I, I think he's going to have a, a very long and very uh, productive career after he leaves. Yeah, I, I love watching him play uh, for the same reasons that you said. He's, he's a football player through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can, you can put him in every position just about. Um, he, he just has, has that it factor. Um, and, and that's why you, you just, he's a very reliable guy. You can put him at, at running back and, and he's gonna get some good runs in. You can put him at, at slot and he's going to be open. Um, but he, he does strike me as that type of guy that, that is just, just loves the game of football and just wants to learn everything he possibly can about it. Um, that's what you hear in, in Jimbo's, um, press conferences where he references them, uh, where he talks about the guy. He he just makes it seem as if he's the type of guy that, that really digs in, um, wants to learn more so than what he has to learn. Um, and and whenever I was an equipment manager, I saw a lot of players that were like that. You know, I saw the players that would come to practice, they would play, you know, practice, and then they'd go straight back to the locker room. And then there was some receivers who um, would come and, and find me or another manager and say, hey, can can we get on the jugs machine for a little while, you know? Um, and and there were a few, like Christian Kirk always always did that, you know, where he would he would come out to the field early before, before practice sometimes, depending mm-hmm. on the type of practice. Most of the times they had meetings right before, so um, it wasn't very common. But, you know, if it was like a – if it was like – summer workouts or something like that where the players are um not being coached they're just doing it on their own he would be out there early working and and he would stay afterwards and and catch balls and speedy did that a lot too uh, there was there's was just several players that you could tell they just really loved the game of football and they just wanted to they just wanted to have football in their hands at all point in time and um yeah and you know, he's a- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say that like he's in his third year now, and like I think it's it's pretty apparent that he's taken on a, a leadership role on this team. I think the other guys look up to him, and yeah. uh, I think he's probably you know the he's probably like the the guy that gets that gets the people going. <laughs> sure. Know? Yeah. Like, like he's like he's where the energy starts. Like he's the 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 firecracker of the group, and um, yeah. Uh, and my other note on his uh his his his, his raw ability. Um, you know, he played running back, played receiver. If if they asked him to go play defense for one game and say, "Hey, go cover uh, the best receiver on on so and so team," he could go do that. Like he's yeah, just yeah, you re- just, you really feel like he could. Yeah. Um, and and that's what that's what I like about him. Um, I feel like he was one of the first, if not the first, other than maybe maybe um, Isaiah Spiller because he had to, but he was seemingly the first player in his class that actually saw real playing time. Um, and that spoke volumes because he wasn't the highest rated recruit in his class. You know, you, you take like, a, you know, in years, years past when we didn't have depth at a position, but we got a really good five-star player, four-star player that, that, you know, we knew was going to come in and be really, really, really good. Um, you knew that they were going to see the field first, and and a lot of times they did. Uh, 
in in his case, he wasn't the guy of the class, you know. If anything, it definitely he surprised was, me. He he was kind of one of the lower ones in the class in terms of like actual ranking. Um, but whenever the fall camp started and and Jimbo started talking about players that were really performing well in fall camp, all of a sudden you hear his name all the time. And yeah. then lo and behold, he's the first one on the field. And uh, you you just you look at look at it like you like in business or or just in in everyday life outside of football. Um, you see those people who really 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 dig in. Um, like me, I'm a financial advisor. Uh, I see other financial advisors that that just eat, sleep, and breathe finance, and and they you look up to you can't help but to look up to them because you're like man where where do you get all of that energy and I like I, I would love to just have one percent of the energy that you bring to this and I would be ultra successful and and of course those people always end up being ultra successful and and he just seems like that guy on the team um that that maybe he wasn't the most talented maybe he wasn't you know the highest rated or anything like that, but he's going to be the hardest worker and he's going to outwork everybody. And that's, that's where you've seen he's, he's been a really good example of that, you know? Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely one of my favorite players uh, in recent memory and definitely on this current team. And I expect, you know, even bigger things this year than we saw last year out of him. I think he's going to make a ton of plays and, and really help this team out. Um, A few, a few other guys, uh, I guess let's talk about the starters you know, off of last year's team and, uh, and Hezekiah Jones and, and Chase Lane. Chase Lane gets overlooked a little bit, and I don't know if it's because he was, a, you know, I guess like a nice, he was a, low, a lower-rated guy coming out, but the dude was clutch last year. Like, there were so many times where, like, it was like a third and eight, third and ten, and Chase Lane comes up with a big catch. And um, it wasn't always like an easy catch. He wasn't, you know, just wide open or things like that, but – Whenever the offense needed him, he would make a, a big play and move the chains. Yeah, I, I've got to like him. I mean, he's got a really strong name. Um, <laughs> he, he uh, you know, but yeah, he he was he was a very dependable guy. Um, and and I always like I I, I I I of course love like ballers at. at um, skill positions like it's fun they're just fun to watch um, but I like knowing that there's a guy over there that if we just need three yards he's going to get it for us um, if you throw the ball to him he's going to catch it and he 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 would probably be the one him and him and Hez Jones both but but him probably more so would be the guy that I'm like if I need to just get some yards I'm, I'm going to get it over to him um, and I know that he's going to catch it. I know that he's going to be there. Um, Jamon Osborne was was that guy um, before. Um, I, I really thought he was a very dependable guy that you could throw to when you needed to. Um, and and even if it's a contested catch, he's going to make it. Yeah. And um, that's that's what I see a lot in Chase Lane. But he's fast too. He does. Um, he is fast. Yeah. So he. He has I think he's one that he's not gonna be he's not gonna be your all star, you know, player that is they're gonna try to shut down every single play, but 
he's one that you get him the right touch on the ball, you get him just enough space, and he can really make a play. Yeah. But even if you don't need that, if you just need a few yards, you just need a catch, he's he's one that I would be looking at if I was a quarterback. Yeah, he really showed that speed against Mississippi State last year. Um, I know Kellen hit him in stride uh, on, on, a, on a crossing route, and he mm-hmm. he he toasted the, the the Mississippi State defense on the way to. I was going to say that was Mississippi State, wasn't it? He had a yeah. great game that game. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, and then, like in games like like Florida and Auburn, <clears throat> uh, it's like you know it's third and eight, and uh, on the game winning drive against Florida, it, it was third and eight, and he caught a a big pass for a conversion. If he if he doesn't make that play, it's like a fifty plus yard field goal to to go up in that game and win the game. So, um, thankfully, he was able to move the chains, and Anum was able to kill a bit more clock and get even closer and closer, and then ended up you know hitting the game winner as as time expired. But um, I, I think people forget that he is a like he's the same age as Anias, but he didn't play much as a or I, th- I don't think he played at all as a freshman. Um, he was a redshirt freshman last year, getting his first real experience. So. Um, it's it's reasonable to believe that he will you know he should improve even more this season. But um, and then you got Hez Jones. I think he's a is he a sixth year guy? He's been around for for a minute. Um, he, he's been around for a while. Um, yeah, but but he's 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 battled some injury in his time, and uh, I think last year he he finally got healthy and uh, and did some good things. He's also got some of that speed uh, that Chase Lane has to stretch the defense a bit and. We didn't always see it at times last year, and I know um, if you watched the spring game, you may have been cursing Hez because uh, I think he had three or four drops. But uh, on the other hand, like he was the only guy getting wide open, <laughs> so yeah, um, he, he he actually can you know get some separation and uh, and make some big plays. Yeah, and and he's a he's a tough player too. Like he he's he's got good size to him, and um, you just you you just feel like you could throw it to him um maybe on the outside or, or whatever and, and him um really be able to get get a few yards and and maybe break that first contact um just because he's a, he's almost built like a running back I think um but he is he he can create some separation um drops or drops you know that that, that that'll happen and it's um, a spring game and yeah, he's a veteran and, and yeah, I mean he's he's worked with several different quarterbacks, you know, and um, you got to get a little bit of that that uh, rhythm with each other too. Um, so I think I think he's a he's a good player and and one I would consider him still dependable, um, just like I, I said with Chase Lane. Yeah. Um, but. Let's uh, talk about a few guys that may break into that rotation. Um, do you want Caleb Chapman or Demond Demas first? Uh, let's go Chapman. Chapman, okay. Yeah. Um, so Chapman, he's a shoot. He came in in eighteen. So yeah, he's a fourth year player at this point. Um, you probably remember him from the Florida game where he made a couple of big time plays down the field, and that is what we've been expecting out of him for a long time. Uh, he, he's he's had some unfortunate injuries and like not just the one last year but in Jimbo's first year uh, I think I think Kendrick uh, Kendrick Rogers after the Clemson game was a bit banged up and and Chapman was set to start against Arkansas 
and he tore his ACL that week and didn't get to play. So um, that definitely set him back. And, um, you know, he he came on strong against Florida last year and then uh, his season ended in that game as well. So um, from what I've heard, he should be healthy and ready to go by fall camp. But this is a this is a big time receiver. I mean, he's six foot four. Uh, he can run like a deer. He can go up and get the ball. Um, he's got great hands. I think he can be a, a really big weapon and a, an awesome deep threat for this offense. Yeah, he's he's incredibly fast. Um, he's he's got some. Uh, I hate I hate the injury bug. I hate it for any player whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some some past history of that. Um, so you got to worry about that, of course. Uh, but even even past that, it's just more of um, he had a really stellar game against Florida. Um, you hope that that's what you see more of when he comes back. But it's hard to know what, what you're going to see whenever a player comes off of injury. Um, are they going to be the same player they were before? Um, and – and you go that long without playing football. I mean, you know, when these guys are injured, they're not they're not out there practicing. You know, they 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 will be out there with the strength and conditioning coaches trying to, you know, get their their uh, strength built back up and wherever the injury is. Um, but you kind of you could develop some rust. Um, I'm not going to put that on him. I, I I do think that he'll come out and be a be a good player, um, but he's my hope for him is that he saw how great he can be, especially mm-hmm. on the national stage. He was on every highlight on ESPN that 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 week of the Florida game. Uh, Aggies have been just really pumping him up because he he is a really good player and and so I hope that he can come back at full strength um and and just be that player for us uh all throughout the season I feel like you and I are hitting our stride as a podcast team because I was about to say that exact same thing were you (laughs) yeah like I was about to say like I I bet he's more motivated than ever because he saw like he 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 realized his his ability you know in a big time game against a top five team, and like you said, on national television. So, um, well, he's got I think right. I think injuries really can um, create that in a player. You finally, like, like you were telling the story of him finally about to get his his first start, and then he gets injured. Well, that takes a lot of your confidence away, mm-hmm. um, and and it probably makes you a little bit more timid to do some of the things that you would do um, before injury. You know, because uh, especially eighteen, nineteen year old kids um there's a reason why the majority of people who go in the military are 18 and 19 and it's because you think you're invincible and you don't think that you're going to get hurt um so football players are a lot the same way you you know like you you can kind of feel like oh that's not going to happen to me um and so whenever it happens it's it's kind of scary if you're naive i'm not saying he was naive but it could have been something that kind of took away some of his con- confidence uh, because you saw that early on last year, uh, the first game or two, he had a ton of drops. Uh, he, he, he was 
uh, had had some times where it was kind of like, what's going on with this guy? And then all of a sudden he had he played to his his ability and look at it. He was a great great player for us for two games there. And so yeah, um, you you hope that you know you hope that the second injury that he went into it with more maturity because he he you know had been there before. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I would expect from him. Uh, of course, it could have taken away some confidence, but I I, I hope and, and expect that maybe he, he will come out of this one a lot stronger um, because he's been there before, so he probably did a better job at, at uh, recovery and everything this time than he did even the first time. Yeah, no, he's he's got so much potential. I'd love to see him healthy and uh, in full go this fall. Um, you know, he's... I think I said he's six four. I'm pretty sure he's six foot five, uh, and he looks every bit of it. Um, yeah, he can really run and get down the field. You saw that against Florida. Um, big catch radius. Um, even if the ball's not on the money, you know he can he can adjust and and haul it in. So mm-hmm. super excited about him, and uh, you know hoping for a full recovery. And from what we've heard, it sounds like that is uh, that is very much the case. Yeah. The next guy we're going to talk about is. Uh, I don't know if fan favorite's the right word, but just very much anticipated. And that's DeMond mm-hmm. Demas. Uh, he came in the same class as, as A-Chain and Haynes King, who we talked about uh, in prior episodes. Um, just a, I mean, just an athletic freak by every every measure. Um, you've yeah. probably seen the kid on on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you know, doing backflips uh, at some of the camps he went to. But he's he's every bit of of six two, maybe six two and a half. I think he's up to 190 pounds, 185 pounds. Uh, popped a four four at one of the camps. Uh, vertical jump 40 inches. He's you can just see, see by the way he moves. He's just not he's not the same as as regular human beings or even regular athletes. For sure. Yeah, he he's a he's a mystery to me. He, um, he doesn't have hardly any film out there at all. Um, it's really hard to track down some of his film from high school. Um, but then you'll see some some just insane catches that he mm-hmm. makes. Um, and a lot of them are on like seven on seven where he's not wearing pads, you know, and, and things like that. Um, but you'll see him doing backflips. You'll see him, you know, doing – round off back handsprings, you know, and stuff just down the field. And you're like, what? you know, yeah. like it, it, he's just, he's just, uh, insanely athletic. But, but when you ask any of the experts at evaluating players, they're like, Oh my gosh, this guy's fantastic. Um, so I, I fully expect that he's going to be a phenomenal player. Yeah. Um, but he's a mystery. It's a mystery to me why he didn't see the field hardly at all last year. I yeah. I trust Jimbo. I will never question Jimbo. I think he's he has proved himself and and he will always have my respect, you know. Um but there's that question in my mind of like why hasn't he seen the field more if he's such a good athlete? Yeah. And it it might be I know he had kind of a a uh, interesting pathway uh, to college football. That, that might have hindered him from being uh, like a, um, 
if those of you that don't follow um, recruiting, he moved in between his junior and senior year, and um, UIL ended up ruling that he wasn't allowed to play his senior year. So they took his last year of of high school football away from him. And um, that's because uh, the UIL is trash. Well, yeah, I mean it's just you know junior NCAA, but. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's a uh, road, but yeah, they're trash. Yeah, it's just um, so you you hated that form, but it's been so long since he's played um, played football full out that yeah, there is a lot of mystery. Maybe he doesn't perform to his highest caliber this year, but hopefully he does. You know, yeah, I think he takes a big step this year and. It really shows out, but I think I expected too much too soon. Um, yeah, you know when you when you look at what he actually did do in high school. I mean, like 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 he said, he didn't get to play at all as a senior, which was uh, very unfortunate. Um, and but before that, he he went to a high school that's you know it, it's just not a very good uh, program, not a ton of of great like he didn't receive a ton of great coaching. Um, and you like, you look at his film and like he's making good plays, but He's really just making those based off his raw athleticism, and mm-hmm. trust me, like even watching that is is uh, is incredible because there was one game where uh, I think he had five catches for five touchdowns, <laughs> and like yeah. there's there's one where he like ran across like the whole length of the field, and like I think he juked out the entire team uh, like twice and, and ended up scoring, mm-hmm. and it's just a like he's just such an insane athlete and. I think if he can get down the, you know, the technique of being a, a college receiver, then he's like like uh, it probably gets said a lot, but the, the sky is the limit for this kid. Like he can be as yeah. good as uh, as Julio Jones is. Yeah, I mean he's know, our Jalen Jerry model. Judy. Yeah, or Devontae Smith. He's mm-hmm. he's got that kind of ability. He just needs to put it all together and. From what, from what we've heard coming out of spring, and I think even Jimbo said it at a uh, coach's night that he really impressed in the spring. He was starting to, uh, I guess, put in the uh, requisite effort and, you know, stringing together several good practices in a row and not just having one, like a good practice here and there. And yeah. um, like you talk about the clips on YouTube of him, he, he's been posting clips of his, his practices here at A&M and that stuff is freaky. Like the catches yeah. he makes, yeah. like it's 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 insane. Um, but it, it is a mystery, and we won't really know if he can realize that potential and, until he does or doesn't. So um, yeah, and him to watch this year. And, and you you don't want to limit him before he even starts. Um, it, it's just at the same time you don't want to get too high on somebody that you've never actually seen play. It's kind of like Haynes King um, when we talked about him during the quarterbacks episode. Like, it's so hard for me not to say he is just going to be so good because we haven't full-on seen him play at the college level. Um, It's kind of like, uh, you know, I was senior class president at my high school and – one of my big, you know, like when we went to fish camp and we were doing the the dating thing on the bus where you had to do speed dating and, and learn about these people, uh, probably 90% of the people on the bus on the way to fish camp were, were the senior class president at their high school. And I'm like, oh, okay, so, you know, that's uh, – we all did that, I guess, you know. Yeah. And, and 
that's that's the way that's the way that that transition from high school football to college football really is. Yeah. Because these kids go from where they're they're the best on their team, one one of the best in their their regional area, um, and they're nationally famous, and then they come to a team where everybody was the best at their school, best in their region, and they've all been nationally famous, but they've proven it. And so um, sometimes that can be a hindrance, uh, but I wouldn't say, I'll tell you why I don't really expect it to be as much of a hindrance for, uh, for DeMond is because he's played a lot of football outside of just the high school level, you know, like when you look at seven on seven, elite 11, things like that. And he's going against the most talented kids in the whole nation. And he was such a freak athlete that he was, he, he was, they couldn't defend him, you know? And Mm so, um, I've seen crazy, I mean, insane catches by him. He reminds me, Speedy Noyle used to make the most, in incredible catches during practice and and you would think like how does he do that you know <laughs> that's what that's what he reminds me of whenever I see some of these catches that he makes um but he he just strikes me as more of a more of a overall freak athlete like like waddle um and i I want to see that from him yeah. um again I don't know why he wasn't on the field but we're inclined to kind of getting that rhythm of A&M fans that as soon as we see a five-star talent hit the hit the locker room, we expect that they're going to be on the field for every single play because yeah. that's what we've become accustomed to, you know. And right. um, so in some ways it's probably good that he was in the locker room for most of the season um, or, or on the sideline for most of the season yeah. because it, it's kind of, kind of issuing in the new, the new way of life. Um, yeah. for the A&M team and, and hopefully we do see him and hopefully he really performs to his, his full potential um, by the end of this year. Yeah. But I am very, very excited. I, I feel like I've dogged on him and I'm not trying to um, because he is one that I'm, I, I've been waiting for so long to see him hit the field and I'm so excited to watch him. Yeah. I don't want to be too hyperbolic what I'm about to say, but if, if if Chapman gets healthy and returns to form, and Demond Demas, if he even scratches the surface of what he's capable of, that takes his offense to a whole new level. And I think oh, it for sure. I think it turns his team into a you know, uh, from a top ten team to more of a top four, like like a top four team, like a playoff caliber, mm-hmm. like ready to compete for a championship this year kind of team. So. Yeah. Uh, definitely excited about those guys. Uh, those those five guys we, we've talked about so far, we expect they're going to get the lion's share of the uh, of the snaps and of the targets. That's uh, Anai Smith, Hez Jones, Chase Lane, Caleb Chapman, and Demond Demas. That's a very talented group. That group has a lot of speed. Um, we expect big things out of them this fall. There's a handful of other guys that are uh, pushing to get on the field, and we'll go over them pretty quickly. Uh, Jalen Preston is a guy that was a big-time player coming out of Manville, um, just kind of a do-it-all player in high school. Um, has been held back a little bit, uh, I guess similar to Demas in just trying to really uh, learn those skills of being a receiver and not just an athlete. 
Um, actually looked pretty good in the spring game. Um, he's, I think him and Chapman are the same the same class. So he's a fourth year guy, and um, he's, you know, he, he doesn't want to sit behind these younger guys. So expect him to to make a, a push in the fall. Um, you got anything on on Preston before we move on? Uh, no, I, I am excited about Preston. I, I think I think we'll see we'll see him at his best. Um, I think he'll have a a better season this this year than what what we've seen so far. Yeah. Uh, because I do think he's a super talented player, but I don't think we've gotten to see him at his full potential yet. Yeah. And I, I think you you probably see some of that this year. Not saying that he's going to be an all star player, but I think you'll see him more more in the vein of Chase Lane and Hez Jones where he's going to get some good playing time and he's going to be a, a very reliable person to throw to, you know. Yeah. Yeah, in the spring, like, I kept seeing number five make plays. I'm like, who is this kid? I'm like, oh, it's Jalen Preston. You know, he's been here for a minute. And yeah, uh, it looks like he may be uh, putting it together finally. Um, a couple of second-year players uh, also, you know, showed pretty well in the spring game, and that's uh, Moussin Muhammad III, if that name sounds familiar. If you watch football in the 2000s, <laughs> his dad, uh, Moussin Muhammad II, uh, was a, a big-time receiver for the uh, Panthers and the Bears, I believe, and had a pretty good career. So, um, yep, that, that's that's his boy. Uh, he plays uh, – he's, he's more of a slot receiver, so um, he'll be uh, he'll be battling with Anais to, to get some snaps. But he's, he's a pretty good receiver, um, uh, pretty quick, great hands. And then uh, Devin Price is the son of – uh, defensive ends coach Terry Price, who's been at AM for the past uh, decade, I believe. Um, big kid, six foot three, uh, 205 pounds, uh, played at Consol, and he's more of a possession guy, uh, not not the fastest kid in the world, but that's okay. Like, um, he can still, you know, he can still move the chains, and, and he's got excellent hands. And uh, he's a guy in the spring game that uh, really made some impressive catches and uh, the one that stands out the most is he caught a pass over the middle and got absolutely rocked by uh, Damani Richardson, but held on to the ball and made you know a 20-yard play. Well, uh, I'm I'm excited about both of those guys. Um, I Musa Muhammad is one that that you you very rarely hear his name um, here lately, but he's one that I've quietly been really excited to finally see. Um, because I, I, I just think he has um, – I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Uh, he was one that I was extremely excited about whenever he committed. Plus um, his nickname is Moose, so you know I like him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he, may, he may show who the real Moose is. You know, Moose. But, uh, <laughs> but I have to say something about Devin Price. Okay. Um, I fitted Devin Price for his very first football helmet. Really? Um, yeah, he um, he was a eight nine year old kid. Um, whenever I was an equipment manager and um, Coach Price, I know Aggies love him. Um, everybody loves his Twitter, you know, where he's cooking and all that. But let me just tell you, if you don't actually know him personally, he's one of the best human beings ever. He's very <laughs> gruff, you know. He'll be like, "What are you doing over there?" You know, he he always he, he always he has sounds like, like a way in the in the videos they yeah. post from practice. He was the scariest coach for me to meet. They they took me to meet him like the very first day, uh, and and so I met him and he was very intimidating. And then on on the way, uh, I get on the elevator to head back to the equipment room, and it's just me. And then he gets on and 
So I had to sit in the elevator ride with him and, and, uh, he just, he just would always prod you and, and all that. But, but he was such a, a good guy. Um, and, and he got on to, to us one time because one of the defensive managers, uh, was cheering whenever there was a touchdown, um, that happened during team. And he came over and, and had called a team meeting between all of us. And he was like, I don't ever want to see any of y'all cheering for the offense, <laughs> offense getting a play. And so then he like made us like, whenever the defense would get a, get a play, he would like look at all of us to see if we're all <laughs> jumping up and down and stuff. So he just, he's just a, a really fun spirited person. Oh, um, man. But I'll tell you what, his, his kids, Devin and Alex are two of the most respectable kids or respectful kids that I, I was ever around. And like, I'm not a really, I don't really like kids. Um, so, so that means a lot coming from me because kids just kind of get on my nerves, but, um, these kids, like they would always come in the equipment room. They lived in there cause that's where the Xbox was, you know, and they would come in and play games with us. And, um, Devin and Alex, you know, they, they were in there with the Sumlin kids and, and some of the other, other kids, um, they were always such such well behaved kids and and just really respectful kids and and so when I whenever I saw Devin commit to us, I I couldn't have been more excited. Um, it was just such a cool story in my opinion. Uh, he grew up in Bright, and um, I know that you know Aggies love Aggie legacies, you know, on the team, but there's no better Aggie legacy than this one. His dad was was a great player for us and has been one of the staples in our program for years, his whole life. I mean, he, he grew he's an up in the Bright Complex. And um, so I'm, I just want nothing but success for this kid. And I think that he really – I honestly think that he is going to be a, a very underrated player. Um, he's going to prove to be an underrated player because uh, I think his dad being – a coach and them expecting that he goes to A&M really hindered him in the recruiting process. And I don't think he got as many looks, um, but I don't think it was a, a settle thing. I mean, they said multiple times during his recruitment that Jimbo told him, I don't care who your daddy is. I, I would have <laughs> recruited you anyways. Yeah. Um, so, so I can't wait to see him on the field. It just brings joy to, to me knowing that, knowing his transition and everything. And, yeah. um, I think, I think Alex is his older brother, I think, uh, is, is helping him with the team and stuff. And, and so talk about just a family culture, you know, yeah. to have the prices. I, I love that family so much. So yeah, that's <laughs> I have awesome. nothing but good things to say about them. <laughs> I really, sorry. I know that. I went, I went <laughs> long there, but I had <laughs> to say that I wasn't going to not say that part. <laughs> no, like that stuff you can't get anywhere else, but the, you yeah. podcast, <laughs> 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 um, that, no, that's excellent insight. Um, you have to love coach price. You know, he's on, he's on Twitter, you know, he's always grilling uh, and the food looks, the food looks bomb. Like I'm waiting oh, to get invited to imagine. the, to the D-line cookout. <laughs> I, I'm just curious if he uses meat church seasonings or not. Right. Um, if not, Coach Price, if you're listening, you need to use meat church. Other walks ahead, you great. Yeah. Uh, that, that is not a sponsor. But, I was about to uh, say, you should get my, them to sponsor us. It's kind of the opposite of a sponsor because I spend a lot of money on meat church. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hope, well, first of all, I hope 
Coach Price coaches here for a long, long time. But when he does decide to, you know, call it quits and ride off into the sunset, I hope he uh, stays in, in the Bryan College Station area and opens up a barbecue joint because that would be fire. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, moving on to the the next round of guys. Um, I, I guess these are guys that are a little bit younger and uh, may not see too much playing time this year, but uh, Kenyon Jackson is one. Uh, he's a third-year guy from from the state of Georgia. Uh, six foot six, uh, really a tall, tall, skinny kid. Um, I haven't seen much from him. Uh, I think he was out when they had the spring game, so uh, he didn't get to to play in that. Um, but you know, he's he's still an option. He's still he's still there for depth. And then uh, I think we touched on Yul Keith Brown in our uh, running back episode, but uh, we think he'll mostly play receiver. But true freshman. Um, already kind of drawn some some rave reviews for his uh, his playmaking playmaking ability and uh, things of that sort. So look for these names kind of you know in the future and uh, after this year. But um, the pipeline looks good at receiver. I think we don't have too much time to get into the rec- the recruiting on the, this receiver class. But uh, I, it seems like Jimbo has really uh, stepped his game up when it comes to recruiting receivers. I think you'll see this 2022 haul be the best we've had since he's been here. Um, I've, that's not just like me pumping sunshine. That's that's legit probably going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll uh, touch on that in a later episode and talk about some of those guys. But um, <clears throat> let's go ahead and move into uh, some tight end talk. Uh, yeah. Tight end was a uh, – it's probably had the biggest turnaround of – it's either tight end or linebacker that's had the biggest turnaround from – uh, the previous staff to to Jimbo Fisher. Um, if you remember the very first spring game under Jimbo, he had, had brought in Jay Sternberger uh, in his first class, and the first catch that that Jace caught in the spring game, oh, it was, the it, entire crowd stood wild. up and clapped. <laughs> he was like, "What was that for?" <laughs> and everyone's like, "We haven't seen a tight end catch a pass in six years." <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, it's it's definitely a change, and uh, we've got some really talented ones. Uh, the, our, our two primary ones we're going to touch on today are uh, Jalen Weidermeyer, who everyone knows, and Baylor Cup. But, uh, Chase, I'll, I'll pass it back to you, and uh, you can get started on, on Jalen. Yeah, yeah, so, so Jalen's a um, – Jalen's another example of the Anaya Smith type that we talked about uh, being just a workhorse. Um, I I went to the a practice uh, two years ago, I guess now, uh, and it was the day after Baylor Cup had had gotten hurt, and um, it was maybe the day before the news broke on it uh, because everybody was like, yeah, so Baylor got hurt yesterday, and I was on my way to practice with him circled as somebody that I could not wait to watch. Um, yeah, with Baylor Cup, I mean, and and there was there was talks then about well, um, there's a bit of a drop off. You know, the the next guy up is Watermeyer. He's pretty good. He's he's just got you know some some more development to do. Uh, Baylor Cup was was ready to start day one. You know, like he, he he's that kind of talent, and he's he's a really good you know really really good player from what I've been told. Um, but I. I I went in and we watched Watermeyer and I, I didn't know anything about him at the time. And I, I, 
I was going probably with a just kind of disappointment of, oh, dang it, I wanted to come and see how, how good Baylor Cup is. And um, I, I, I see Widermeyer. I, I thought he was a decent player, but you can't tell all that from practice, especially if you're only going to one practice, you know. Right. Um, could have had an off day or whatever. But I just remember kind of thinking like, okay, you know, tight end is going to be maybe our weak point this year. And then he came out and set the – I hate to say set the world on fire because I keep saying that whenever we're talking about different <laughs> players. Uh, but, but I mean, he – he there wasn't much of a drop-off from, from Sternberger to him. I mean, right. he, 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 he balled out. became one of our star players. And then um, – so going into last year, that's all I could think about. And I know that you and I talked about that multiple times. I'm like, I'm like, people don't realize that Baylor Cup is is probably going to be a better player than than Widermeyer. And Widermeyer is one of our star players. He's so uber talented. Right. And and Baylor Cup had had those tools first, so he might very well be more talented. Well, then he gets hurt again. Yeah. And um, you know, so now here I am a year later, gonna say the same thing. Widermeyer now, I, I don't expect that Baylor Cup comes out and is better than Widermeyer um, because you just can't that, – that SEC experience that Widermeyer has, I mean, he's he's just um, – he's an he's – a, he's a workhorse. He's, he's one of the guys on our teams that – are on our team that we um, – I feel like we, we develop our play, playbook around because he's, he's, he's that good. He's a go-to guy. Yeah, and so so, I guess kind of what I'm looking at is is now you know going into that 2019 season, I was thinking, okay, Baylor Cup's going to be the guy to replace Sternberger, and Watermeyer will be a good you know backup. I'm kind of reversed on that now, where I'm saying Watermeyer's the guy. I mean, he's he's fantastic. Everybody's seen him. I'm not telling you anything you haven't seen. Yeah. Uh, but Baylor Cup is should be almost almost the same level of talent and and so if we had to sub the two out uh there's not gonna be much of a drop off but what i'm excited about seeing on on that is is to see if we go with any two tight end sets where where we have both of them out there on the field um and and so i am i love Wademeyer. um i think he he epitomizes um this transition to jimbo he he's a He's a tight end, <laughs> like you said. We we went so long without a tight end, uh, but not only is he a tight end, he's a tremendous tight end and and one of the best in the country. He will make a lot of money one day in the in the NFL. Um, and yeah. and I hope that we can say the same about Baylor at the end of this year. Yeah, like like you're already seeing uh, you're seeing Weidermeyer pop up on all these uh, these preseason All American teams. He's he'll definitely be preseason All SEC. Uh, when that time comes around, but <clears throat> um, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jalen. Uh, from the moment I saw him against Alabama, I'm like, that is a that it, like he he's 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 a dude. That is a football yeah. player. Um, he's he's kind of a throwback tight end. Like like he would have been mm-hmm. a, a first round pick like 10 or 15 years ago. Like he's your traditional you know six foot five, uh, big bodied dude. Not a a burner, but can still get open. Um, he's got flypaper hands. Uh, catches everything that gets close to him. Uh, he he wasn't a great blocker as a freshman, but he really stepped it up uh, this past season. And 
uh, turned into yeah. an excellent blocker. So um, he's really a do-it-all, like old-school, traditional tight end. And I, I don't know if he's a first-rounder just because the NFL today seems to place a premium on speed, and Weidermeyer's not going to run the world's uh, fastest 40. He's not slow, but he's he's, not, he's just not, you know, Kyle Pitts or uh, like a Travis Kelsey or someone else that, that – uh, like you, you might see in, in today's NFL, but definitely a valuable weapon, and um, especially for this team. And uh, it, he'll definitely get drafted next year, and I think fairly yeah. highly. Um, as far as Baylor Cup, uh, I know I know people that that follow it as closely as you and I do are, are well aware of Baylor Cup. But uh, in case you're not, he came in in the same class as Jalen. Uh, was a, I think he was a five star. Uh, he, was he was definitely. Yeah, he was the number one tight end in the country, um, just an an athletic freak. I mean, he's he's six foot six. Uh, he's he's really filled out now. I think he's probably uh, pushing two hundred fifty pounds, um, but extremely fast. Uh, can run a four five. Uh, can jump through the gym. I, mean, I say the gym. He can, he can jump through the roof. Um, good explosive ability. Like he is a special special athlete, and. We just haven't seen what he can do, you know, because he's mm-hmm. – and he's not – I wouldn't say he's injury prone. I think he's just been really, really unlucky. It seems like both accidents have been kind of freak things. Like when he when he broke his foot, like if that was anybody else, like their foot's getting broke. Like it's not that he's made of glass or anything. So, um, yeah. But it seems like he's, he's, he's healthy. He's a full go. Um, I think they arrested him in the spring just as a, as a precaution, or at least they arrested him in the spring game. As a precaution, mm-hmm. I think he was able to practice quite a bit. So, um, I think I think we do see a lot of, of two tight end sets. I think they were were, were planning on it last year until he uh, until he got hurt in last fall camp. But um, he definitely brings a different element that, that than Weidermeyer, and uh, like he, he, I think he's a guy that can stretch the field with that speed. And you know, he's I don't want to, I almost don't want to make this comparison because. This other guy is such a generational player, but he's he's more in the mold of of a Kyle Pitts than uh, maybe some other tight ends. Like, he, yeah, he's really like a big, like he's a big receiver, but he can also block. Like, he's got the mm-hmm. same like catch radius, you know, long arms. He's got he's probably not as fast as Pitts, and like Pitts was just an unreal talent. I'm not saying that I expect Cup to be to be that right away, but. Uh, he's just got some freakish, some freakish athletic ability, and uh, I think I think we see it on display this fall. Yeah, I I, I agree, um, and and really I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at all five of our tight ends. We've got Watermeyer Cup, um, Blake Smith, Max Wright, and Crownover. Um, I, I I see Blake Smith and Max Wright as being more blocking tight ends, um, where Watermeyer and Cup or more of of a of a threat, um, uh, you know, like a receiving threat. Uh, Baylor Cup definitely seems to be a lot faster of a tight end. Like, uh, um, would be, you know, even more of a threat in terms of that. But Weidermeyer's that that reliable guy. Um, so what what I see with with the just with the group as a whole um, is we've got two sets. Like depending on what we need and. Um, I just I just feel like our depth at that position is is really really good, and and I think it'll help alleviate some of this, the question marks we have at receiver, um, 
just because if we have any issues with the receiver, uh, we can go back to tight ends and running the ball, and and we can rely on that heavy to yeah. where guys like Demas and and Chapman and Chase Lane <clears throat> they can they can get down the field more. Anias can get open a lot more. Um, so I'm really excited at just the diversity that we have on our team. Yeah, uh, that we could see, we could see, we could go on a, we could go 22 personnel with two tight ends and two running backs, and what would that be? One receiver. Yeah, <laughs> like like that that old school football. We could yeah. if we did that, we would have super super talent because we would have you know maybe. Um, Watermeyer and Cup there, but then we would have Anias and or uh, Isaiah Spiller and and A chain A chain back behind it with maybe Demas or Anias or somebody like that on on the edge. Like, yeah, that's that's uh, that's still very threatening. But then switch it up and let's go, um, you know, just with one running back and and no tight end at all, or maybe just one tight end, eleven personnel. Yeah, like you you have one of these two guys that can can go in there and give you a threat but then you've got these receivers that we can rely on um, yeah. so so i do think that we have a lot of diversity um and that's that's my last point will is is that uh max wright seems to be somebody that everybody on the team loves yeah um he just seems kind of like a gilly character um and Blake Smith, I've heard really good things about how good he is at blocking. So yeah. those two guys, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count out at all. I, I think you see plenty of playing time from each one of them, and we might even play them at a fullback position too. Yeah, yeah, um, and and shout out to Max Wright. Like he was a a big time defensive end recruit coming out of coming out of high school, and he he battled some injuries, and uh, you know it, it wasn't really working out on defense, and. Um, and Jimbo came up to him and said, like, "Hey, like, do you want to you know make the move to, to tight end and uh, possibly get on the field that way?" And it seems like he's he's been fully committed to that. And man, in the in the spring game, like, I think Weidermeyer was out, uh, Cup was out, and Blake Smith was out, so he was the only tight end available. And he he, he was he was making some plays. Like, mm-hmm. he he plays with a ton of effort. Um, he uh, he's just he just seems like a a, a good person to have around the team, like like you said, like uh, sure. I think the I think the other players like him, and uh, he may play some fullback. Like he's got kind of that build to where um, you know if we want to go with Weidermeyer and Cup at the, at the two tight ends, you can bring him in as a fullback and uh, block for for one of our awesome backs that we've talked about. But um, yeah. I, I definitely agree with your point. Like as we uh, wrap up our talk about our our skill positions, like there's a lot of guys in these positions with a lot of talent and a lot of different skill sets. Like I, I bet Jimbo is doing backflips, just thinking about the the different things he can do with, with this personnel and how he can challenge defenses and, uh, and things like that. Like it's, it's a really talented group and it's a group that, that Aggie fans should be excited about. Um, I do want to mention uh, real quick before we get off of here, uh, as far as tight end recruiting and the pipeline, I think that you most likely see Weidermeyer go to the next level uh, after this season. Uh, I think Cup sticks around. I think he'll he'll want his chance to be the guy. And you know he he currently has no collegiate film, so um, I expect him to to be back. And then uh, after after him uh, in the 2022 class, we've got the 
uh, number one tight end in the country, committed. Uh, went to the same high school as Jalen Weidermeyer. That's uh, Dickinson down by the coast. Um, so, the, the, sorry, I didn't say the guy's name. Uh, it's uh, Donovan Green is the tight end. And he is a, uh, he's, he's a player. He, he's a dude. Um, mm-hmm. 6'4", 220. Um, not super similar to Jalen. Like he's a, probably a little bit better athlete and uh, a little bit uh, smaller frame. But uh, excellent tight end. Extremely willing blocker. Uh, great speed. Great hands. Uh, great prospect. Like uh, Jimbo's gotten to this thing to the point where he can go target whoever the best tight end in the country is and say, hey, like, if you want to be featured, this is the offense you want to play in. And I think that's uh, that's pretty attractive to a, a high school tight end. But um, Yeah, no doubt. These have been fun. Uh, I'm, I'm loving these episodes. You know, we've talked quarterbacks, running backs, uh, receivers, tight ends, all the, the guys that get all the glory. So our next one is going to be my favorite position, offensive line. Uh, probably the most vital position to – your overall offensive success um, and, you know, keeping your quarterback upright. So uh, we're definitely excited about that. And uh, Chase, have you got any parting words on the, on the, on the skill guys? Uh, no, other than, you know, I can't wait to watch them play. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, once again, we appreciate you joining us and uh, sticking around and hearing what we have to say about this A&M team. Uh, like we've, We've said a hundred times so far, this is a uh, very talented roster and a uh, very talented team. We expect big things and uh, we're very excited to, to see the results on the field this fall. Um, go follow our, our channels, uh, our pages at an eligible pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, but yeah, uh, we will see you next week. We're talking uh, SEC East breakdown next. So uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.